Breaking Bread with Brilliant Babes. I'm your host, Tatiana Jimenez. Tonight we're recording out of my tiny kitchen in my tiny studio apartment in San Francisco. That feels even cozier today because I have two guests this episode instead of one. The gals sitting across from me tonight are Kaylin and Madison. Hi, ladies. Hi, Tatiana. Hello, happy to be here. <laughs> Our two for episode tonight is what I'm calling my favorite millennials which is kind of like an inside joke thing, but also um, I wanted to have you guys on the show because I think you two exhibit two very opposite ends of the millennial quote-unquote spectrum, and I hope that's not offensive. <laughs> um, but I, th not, I not only wanted to talk to you guys about like kind of the perceptions or stigmas of being a millennial, but also to talk a little bit about like being a little bit earlier in your careers. Like I don't think you guys are like super junior or like fresh out of college or anything, but you are kind of like uh, in the beginning stages of your career. Um, so for those who are not familiar, uh, what is a millennial? <laughs> a millennial is anybody born after Gen X so their generation or our generation because i'm also technically a millennial just kind of an older one um, is marked by an increase uh, use and familiarity with digital technologies so the lady sitting across from me tonight uh caitlin who is also a she's a co-producer on the show and this is like a rare moment where she's she's on the mic um, so she works in lending for a financial institution and Madison is in marketing also at a financial institution. Can we start by you guys telling uh, us a little about what you do and what your career path has been up until this point? So Madison, can you start? Yeah. So I'm basically a marketing generalist. I do bits and pieces of many different things. In my current position, I update our company website, our internal portal using HTML. Um, I also do a lot of vendor relationship stuff, and I have graphic design experience um, and have done both internal and external promotions. I've also helped plan and play events and probably a bunch of other hats that I'm forgetting. <laughs> In high school, I wanted to be a film major. I worked at a movie theater, and it was the best job I've ever had. I was 18, and they made me an assistant manager. <laughs> it was. It was great. And lots of free popcorn. Um, then I went to and dropped out of art school. Uh, so my mom decided that I wasn't going to be a freeloader and had a teller job for me lined up within a week of dropping out of art school. And I've worked at financial institutions ever since, although I did go back and get my degree in an unrelated field. Cool. And then Caitlin? How'd you get here? <laughs> um, as Tatiana said, I work in lending, but specifically in business lending. So I'm helping small business owners gain access to um, capital. Um, I started at the financial institution I'm at now, and I was working as a teller. And an opportunity presented itself for a business lending department. And I was just curious to see what that was about and inquired about it and ended up getting the job and moved on into it. Very cool. So did you, did you go to school for finance? I did go to school. <laughs> Not for finance. <laughs> uh, so I'm an anthropology major. Okay. I know that has nothing to do with finance. <laughs> um, but I ended up getting my position um, 
with a, a friend of a friend who worked there mm -hmm. and just fell in love with the culture and the people and have been there ever since. Cool. Awesome. So I guess my next question is, was there ever a moment for either of you where you felt like you finally broke into the industry or into the role that you wanted to uh, to be doing? But Or has do you feel like that maybe hasn't happened yet? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I, I think I felt like I broke into a new role when I joined the business lending department, but I don't know that I feel like I'm comfortably set in my career yet. So I feel like that is to, to come. Yeah. I'd say mine is kind of similar. Um, when I took film production in high school, I got comfortable with Photoshop and started learning more about graphic design, doing it as a hobby. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that my first freelance projects were done in Microsoft Word. Um, but I became a professional when my workplace decided to take a chance on me and hire me as a designer from my position in another department. And although my role has changed a little bit over time, I really enjoyed designing when I gave the opportunity to do that. That's awesome. And you know what else, though? I mean, as, as funny as it might sound, like, I get so many requests from different departments. Like, can you, can you make this a Microsoft Word document for like yeah. you know like a beautiful PDF they're like can you just make this a Word document all like, the time yeah like, no <laughs> Don't I just mean that you can we just, our Acrobat version you can yeah. convert things into Word now I, I do it all the time yeah. too but it kind of it hurts my soul totally a <laughs> sorry Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> so did either of you along your you know your career journey so far um, have either of you had um, a mentor or a mentor figure? And also, are you are you a mentor for someone else? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, I mean, I've had several different bosses in a short period of time, mm -hmm. but I would say that every one of them has been a mentor for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel really lucky that I got along really well with all of them. But I'd also say just friends as well in their advice. It might not have to be necessarily... Uh, that they work at a financial institution doesn't have to be directly related, but there's many different struggles that you go through that friends can relate to and give you advice on. So I feel like it's not necessarily one person. I think it's a combination of many people. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So not to brown nose the host, but Tatiana. Um, <laughs> so you... disclaimer, Madison and I, or yeah, we actually all three we're all us. friends. We're all friends in real life, IRL. So. IRL. Um, but you were and are totally my mentor. You dealt with me when I was super green and you taught me a lot while being patient and not too snarky. <laughs> and I appreciate that although we no longer work together, uh, you're always telling both of us about women-centric conferences and seminars, Aww. and that you still encourage me when I send you work that I'm particularly proud of. Oh, thanks. That's so nice. <laughs> I try. Um, <laughs> I guess going from, like, happy stuff to not-so-happy stuff, like, what so far has been your biggest career obstacle slash shittiest moment? So um, for me, that would have to be our organization went through a really stressful transition period. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard because I didn't have clear leadership at the time. And so it was really trying to scramble and figure out how do we keep things afloat? Um, we're also a really small department. So you're wearing mm -hmm. a lot of different hats and you're having people coming to you with questions that maybe you've never had to deal with before. 
so that was a really difficult time. I also had some back issues that I was dealing with, so it was having the work stress along with the physical issues was really, really uh, trying for me, but I made it. <laughs> I'm doing a lot better, so I'm really proud that I've come out on the other side of that. So the one that I'll speak to is uh, the time that a few male reps came to pitch something to do with our internal portal. I was introduced to them as the webmaster for said internal portal, and they looked surprised to see me. Uh, and one of them actually said, wow, and you're blonde too. <laughs> and I was fucking infuriated, <laughs> and I had to sit in the meeting all the while knowing that they thought that I was inferior to the normal, probably largely male-centered customer base that they were used to. And it made me want to learn how to code. Um, so punching them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward. Um, so I've been trying to teach myself here and there as best as I can and really want to sort of pursue more of that because they need, you know, we need more women in that field. Yeah. Anger is great motivation. It really is. <laughs> so... I guess opposite that now, what has been your biggest opportunity so far slash maybe like best moment? So, um, it'd actually be the same moment. (laughs) So I think, yeah. yeah, So for me, the shittiest moment was that, uh, really stressful transition period, but it also showed me how strong I was, that I could be resourceful, that I could, um, you know, build relationships still while still dealing with all this other drama. So I feel like I am a much better employee and know how to think on my feet. <laughs> um, so I feel like I learned a lot in a very short period of time. So in a, in now being on the other side of it, I can see that it was actually a really good thing that I went through that. talk a little bit about millennial stuff um, as it relates to um, your career. So we have some listener questions a little bit later that we'll talk about, but I just wanted to kind of just talk about why I I wanted to have this episode, I think. (laughs) So as I mentioned before, like you two are kind of on the op or what I, I see as being on the opposite ends of the millennial spectrum because you know, you think of someone who's super digital savvy, typically someone who's primary. She's looking at me <laughs> while she's saying that because I'm not digitally savvy. So, okay. So we have Madison. So I'm thinking about it from the perspective of like, uh, like, you know, like a, di- like a digitally savvy person, uh-huh. not necessarily like the other, like there are like some negative stereotypes yeah. about millennials. So M- Madison is super digitally savvy. You know, I kind of miss working with her because she would always send me like BuzzFeed articles that were so funny. And, like, <laughs> I know now they're like a serious news organization and stuff, sure. but like, um, I just love that your primary source of news was BuzzFeed. It just brought me so much joy. It still is. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um, Caitlin, who... You know, we're still learning. Or, I mean, and by we, I mean you. But it's a lot of fun, too. You know, but I think you find joy in, like, learning new things that I don't know. Like, today, for example, you learned how to add a sticker to a text message, mm-hmm. which I don't know how to do that. But I, It was thrilling. 
<laughs> so Caitlin, you know, is not as um, tech savvy. I mean, you're brilliant, but you're just not as tech savvy as far as like, um, you know, the world of social media and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Yeah, I don't Facebook. I don't tweet. I don't gram. <laughs> Although I did post two pictures last week, and that you was did. pretty. Yeah. Epic. You snapped last week. I snapped. Which all, I just found out from my friend who works in social media for University of Utah. She was like, girl, Snapchat is dying. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that. She Even snapped. I know that. Oh, my God. I'm still snapping, like, every day. Like, people care. People want to watch this. So, apparently, it's all about Instagram Live mm-hmm. or, you know, Instagram stories. But So, Tati, you're a millennial. Uh-huh. <laughs> What are your thoughts? <laughs> on what? On all of the things. On all of this? Yeah. Um, as an older millennial. As an older millennial. Well, basically, I mean, I agree with with everything you guys have said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, like zodiac signs or something. Like, it kind of yeah. reminds me of, you know, what's a Pisces supposed to be like? Right. It's not necessarily what all Pisces are like. Like, I mean, I'm obviously a Pisces, but... Maybe not obviously, but not all Pisces are emotional or creative or, I don't know, friendly. (laughs) And so I don't think all millennials are the same. Like, you know, I didn't grow up, like, I think I was, I was talking to my coworker about it earlier when I was um, telling her about this episode. I didn't have a cell phone until my last year of high school. And it was like a crap phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first computer, our first computer in my house, we got when I was, I think, in like fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, a super old computer with like a crazy, I don't know. We had like the printer with like the, you know, the, <laughs> oh, the, the holes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, my experience growing up with technology was so much different than my youngest sister's experience. Yeah. You know, she grew up with like, you know, a newer computer and the internet. So I think the internet is a really important mm-hmm. um, component. Even now, like my niece, who is 16 months old, she knows how to navigate YouTube on someone's phone and mm-hmm. find a new video. Mm-hmm. Like she can't type things, of course, because she can't read yet, but she can at least swipe up. Yeah. And like, and she can take a self, like she maybe can't take a selfie, but she does it on accident. Um, but it's just so fascinating to watch her do those things and kind of creepy. Well, I think it's scary in a way to see a child that can't speak or like give full sentences, being able to navigate a phone. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. I've had other friends who said that their kid, you know, at like 11 months could unlock their iPhone. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I don't think all millennials are, obviously, that's why I had you guys on this show, because you're, like, totally different, but, um, yeah, I don't think we're all the same, we're not all entitled, yes, we're, I mean, I think to your points earlier about, like, being more liberal or progressive, mm-hmm. definitely that's, that's, I, I believe that's true, and I think, you know, maybe because we grew up with the privilege of having generations before us who, like, fought for, you know, women's rights, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the 60s and 70s and, you know, after. 
and you know just seeing more women role models like we have higher we've set our expectations higher so of course we're going to ask for more things and like maybe be more aggressive so maybe older generations are like whoa calm mm -hmm. down like you know i had to wait this long to get this far whatever and so like now i don't know maybe that's where that resentment comes from but i'm not totally sure well no i think that's a good point about how Millennials, it, it's such a wide range. Like you were saying, you had your first cell phone in uh, the end of high school. Like mm -hmm. that could be so different from your younger sister who would have had a cell phone from, I don't know, middle school, yeah. elementary school, mm -hmm. elementary school. I think, I think my parents were pretty uh, conservative. So I think it was high school when she got a phone. Okay. But I could be wrong. Because I think about um, my nephew who's uh, only seven years younger than me and mm -hmm. how... He's also millennial, but he would have grown up with uh, Facebook and mm -hmm. all of these social media aspects that I can't imagine trying to navigate that while being in high school. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think any of us had that experience. I mean, no. MySpace was just like barely around, um, but it wasn't mm -hmm. at the level where you're seeing now of uh, kids being harassed or I don't know. So I feel like mm -hmm. it, it definitely amplifies um, some of the negative sides, definitely. especially being that young. And even for me now, I know that I've had to unfollow some, you know, so I'm a graphic designer and like there's this, you know, this community of like really amazing designers slash lifestyle bloggers. And like <laughs> I've had to unfollow them on Instagram because seeing their perfect posts sometimes makes mm -hmm. me feel shitty. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, or like all of this amazing work they're doing and like you can't, like I know I should not be com comparing myself to other people because it's like. I'm in a race against myself. Like, just, I want my work to be better than the work I've done before. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, I can't imagine. I don't know if I would have been mature enough to, like, do God, those no. things. No. You know, when you're in high school and know that, like, this is unrealistic. This is, like, the perfect view of, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. This is not real. Yeah, that you wouldn't understand that this is curated. Mm -hmm. And you would assume that, oh, the, the popular kids or whatever, that's really actually their life and how they yeah. look all the time. I think about how, like, when we were 13, 14, going through these, like, really awkward phases, I mean, I remember in seventh grade being, like, glitter eyeshadow and light blue and, like, mm -hmm. just horrible, horrible lip gloss, um, and super uncomfortable, and these kids, <laughs> the kids with the YouTubes, they, like, they're getting these makeup tutorials and completely skipping the awkward phase that the rest of us kind of had to endure. Uh -huh. And I I don't know what that's doing, mm -hmm. but I think it'd be really interesting to keep an eye on that situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask both of you ladies, because this is something I think I differ on with both of you, that I'm an extremely private person. And mm. this is part of the reason I don't like using social media. I don't want or need people to know what I'm doing. Um, however, I do admire people that are uninhibited and don't really care if people like or don't like something. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think both of you do have a, a presence on social media, social medias, whatever. <laughs> and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on privacy while also trying to be true to yourself. It's mm, a great question. Thank you. So for me, um, going back to what I was talking about before with like the whole idea of like this like perfectly curated life, like because I hate that so much, and it's not that I hate it, like I think it's really like artistic and like can be really beautiful and inspiring, like I try to not 
make my life seem super i mean yes i will take a cute shot of some food that i'm eating <laughs> or like i don't know i try to at least make my photos look nice just because i'm like you know i I'd like to think I have a good eye and stuff, but I also try to keep it as real as possible. I don't know, when I'm at the Bass Pro Shop with my brother-in-law, I like to take a quick <laughs> selfie of me and the moose and like just, I don't know, I like try to take pictures with no makeup and stuff, um, which I don't do often, but I should do more of, but... I think I just, I also like kind of always have in the back of my mind, I know I'm like not a celebrity or anything, but I know there are younger women following me, mm -hmm. family members, friends and stuff. So I'm just always like cognizant of like, how are they going to perceive what I'm posting and like, am I being a good role model maybe, mm -hmm. even though that's not like, that's not my job, but that's what I'm thinking about. But as far as privacy goes, like my Instagram, my Twitter are both public because, you know, I have, I do freelance design on the side, so I also kind of, like, kind of use that for self-promotion. Mm -hmm. um, but my Facebook is private, and, like, you can't search for me on Facebook. And I did that just because, you know, I kind of, I don't want random people I don't want to talk to from high school to find me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Makes sense. yeah. I think that I also struggle with this a lot. Probably, like, four years ago, my stuff was all locked down, and, you know, it was taught to you, it was like, no, like, if you're going to be a designer, you need to kind of be, like, mildly searchable. you got to be able to find you. Um, so I've experimented with having my stuff public and having my stuff private. Um, right now, I think it's, like, half and half. I always think, I mean, I'm really cognizant of everything I post thinking, like, a future or current employer could find this. Uh -huh. um, and going Definitely. deep, I mean, like... I, if you Google me, like, you don't get pictures of me. I remember I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember. Um, so, I don't know. I really don't want to be found. I'd rather be more like you, Caitlin, and have all my stuff super locked down. Uh -huh. um, and I probably, since I stopped working with you, I've locked it down more than uh -huh. when we were working together. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's also, like, on some level kind of like a privileged experience mm -hmm. to be able to have your stuff public because I mean there are a lot of women out there who have stalkers and yeah. like it might not be safe for them to do that so I'm lucky that knock on wood I don't have any stalkers at least that I know of <laughs> that you know of <laughs> so, uh, we'll see what happens but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah for now it's like it's mostly it's it's public. I, I made my Instagram private for like a hot second and then I was like, mm, I'm like, I'm using all these hashtags and it doesn't mean anything yeah. now. So. That's the <laughs> I don't get why it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm being very serious. <laughs> so when you hashtag privately, um, it's not going to connect to other hashtags. Therefore, when you click on the hashtag, your post isn't going to show up with all the other people who've used that same hashtag. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or I, I tend to like make stuff public for a second so I can like enter a contest. Oh, nice. And then if I know I didn't win, I'll like private it back again. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Thank you for asking questions, Kate. This is why I'm co-producer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Did you have any other questions? This is exciting. I've never asked my guests to ask questions before. I guess I didn't yeah, ask you to ask questions. <laughs> you just 
it is in nature. <laughs> this is true. This is proof. <laughs> oh my god. There's so many. Like, do you, well, we already well, went over food stuff. I guess not on air, but, like, do you cook your own food? You technically cook your own food. Yeah. Even though you use, like, a meal delivery service. Right. You're still cooking. I mean, Nick cooks it, but... Nice. Someone yeah. cooks it. Someone does it. <laughs> Someone in the millennial household <laughs> well, cooks it. Millennial, when it comes to food, I just signed up at Munchery, had a thing where they're like, we'll deliver you pre-made lunches, so I'm trying that out Ooh. next week, so I can just completely, like, have advertise of, my stuff. Not to, like, have free, yeah, like, right. uh, advertising for all these companies <laughs> we're talking about, but, um... In the financial district, uh, my friend was just telling me about, and I think, I looked at their map and I think it's only in financial district, but it's like that meal meal pass yeah, yeah. thing where it's like, I don't know, a set amount per month and you just go to different restaurants. Right, word. If I was in the financial district, yeah. I would definitely do that. I thought about doing it, but I like making my own food. I usually take... I don't know what uh, this is. What is meal this? Meal pass, so you pay, let's, I don't know what the actual number is. Let's say no, like, whatever. I don't know, 70 bucks a month. And every day, like, they have different uh, restaurants who will cook or prepare, like, a meal pass meal. Mm-hmm. So if you have the meal pass, you can just go and pick up your lunch there. And it's included in your package or whatever. So every day you could have something different. <laughs> and, like, you know, food in the financial district is pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. I guess, a good deal. Cool. <laughs> Caitlin doesn't care. <laughs> My only, what's this called? Subscription? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah. the only thing I have is a tampon subscription, and I thought that was pretty wild and crazy. Nice. And that's Lola, <laughs> That right? is Lola. We love Lola. I haven't used, well, I used one of Organic yours. cotton. <laughs> now you can get the organic tampons at Target, so. Oh. Oh, they have a variety of But you're, of like, subscription lady, so you should I be, know. like, excited that it's I a subscription. Yeah, I do have, like, I think the one that Caitlin hates the most is that every single month I get a subscription of um, bobby pins and blonde hair ties delivered to me. because She's I, correct. Because I lose them all the time. And so it's called, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a dollar something. It's like $3. And every wow. month they send them, because who knows where they go, right? And they're blonde. Remember when... <laughs> We argued about this for a long time. I was like, I don't get why you can't just go down the street Uh and buy them when you need them. (laughs) Remember when um, Amazon, and we thought it was an April Fool's joke, when they came up with that button that you push to like automatically reorder stuff, and I was like, this is not real. This can't be real. (laughs) And I was like, oh, hell yeah, and I got four of them, (laughs) which I haven't used. But I'm like, I'm always on the train of like stupid things that can like automate my life or have things like quicker and more efficiently. Hidden talents to me are like things that are really significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes but are worth noting and are like most of the time really inspiring. So typically I have things like already written down that I want to talk about but I guess I'll let you guys just kind of tell me what your hidden talents are. So I have two I think. Uh, I'm full of fun facts. 
I have yes. an absurd <laughs> amount of random knowledge inside me, and I like telling people things and blowing people's minds. Um, the other thing, uh, I went to school actually for public health, and I have a lot of women's health-related knowledge, and I really like it when my friends ask me questions that they wouldn't feel comfortable asking anyone else. Uh, on that note, I just signed up to become a doula, and I'll be getting certified next what? March. Oh my gosh! So I'm okay, excited about that. You're going to be awesome at that. Yeah. This is exciting. <laughs> fresh news. I just fresh news. news. <laughs> yeah. That's so yesterday. cool. Oh my gosh. And I can vouch for being one of the friends that frequently asks Madison to diagnose me. <laughs> it's good to have a friend like that. Yeah. <laughs> so a doula, can you tell us a little bit about what a doula is? Mm-hmm. that someone who helps with the birthing process? Yeah. A doula is different than a midwife um, because a midwife has to have a nursing degree. They're an RN. Mm-hmm. A doula gets certification and is really there to help the, the mother along with the process to be like a friend and a calming presence and someone who's focused on the mother's wellness uh, as opposed to the doctors who are going to be focused more on the baby. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. And then, Caitlin, what are your your hidden talents? Um, one of my hidden talents is that I play the piano. Yes, you <laughs> um, do. <That's> right. <laughs> I started playing in elementary school and all through high school. I do not own a piano, so it makes it hard to play the piano. But... Uh, Particularly at family gatherings, I'm usually the one that's uh, forced to be the monkey and play, and everyone sings, so I do enjoy it. And then outside of that, it's I've just been getting into running and weightlifting, and I've been enjoying uh, challenging myself and pushing myself, and never picked up a barbell before, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. So when she says when she says weightlifting, she really means CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to admit that. (laughs) (laughs) But can you tell us, so for those of us who aren't, do they call them CrossFitters? I don't know. Athletes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Can you tell us what, so is it just like a lifting class or how does that work? (laughs) Um, So I should also preface that I've only been doing this three months, so I'm learning what it still means. Um, but it's a combination of, it could be something aerobic, it could be using your body weight to work out, it could be actually lifting weights, um, so there's a lot of Olympic lifting, uh, there's rope climbing, which is really fun, oh, wow. cycling, it's, yeah, it's just a mix of everything, so nothing's ever the same, which makes it fun and also mm-hmm. extremely challenging. <laughs> Alright, so I guess we'll move on to listener questions, which are all, all about millennials. <laughs> People want to ask millennials questions. So I guess the first one I have is very, very long, but JFK once said, (laughs) um, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So it's often thought that millennials are entitled and don't really encompass this mentality that um, JFK was promoting. What are your thoughts on this? She looks at me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so mine's going to be a kind of angry, long-winded response. Feel free to edit it down. Also, I I should mention... Madison and Caitlin don't represent all millennials. Yeah, no. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I do think I'm a millennial when it comes to technology. Uh, I want things accomplished as fast as possible with the least amount of human interaction as possible. 
Um, and I have 100% DoorDash cookies and ice cream to my condo. So I'm not ashamed of this. So I, I'm willing to speak on behalf of the millennials. Uh, so I think that it's really the baby boomers who are actually ruining society. Um, <laughs> because who do you think voted in the last election? Uh, do you think they were really looking out for the country or themselves? Because fuck anyone different than themselves, right? So I'm really sorry that as an entitled millennial, I believe that the world should have things like fair pay, even for women, or housing markets that don't mean I have to save for the next 38 years to afford a down payment. And, you know, what about the fact that my parents' generation basically just had to go to college and then they were handed a job, a house, and 2.5 children? Uh, my peers are still working retail with master's degrees. So mm-hmm. I just, I think it's much... It's harder out there. It is, and you know the millennials. The millennials were the generation that were most affected by the Great Recession, too, because like you know we were all yeah. kind of coming out of college at the time, and there were no jobs. Mm-hmm. So there's that. True. So, um, do you have any thoughts, Caitlin? Or... Um, I guess I'll just speak for myself personally. Um, I don't feel entitled. (laughs) I feel that my, where I'm at in my career, I've worked for and I've never expected anything to be handed to me. So I don't know that I fit that description. Mm -hmm. Another question that I have from listeners is, do you feel the pressure to, um, to challenge the, the millennial stereotype at all? I don't. Okay. Um, I embrace it like a skill on my resume. Like, I will help you with technology. I will tell you about how quickly you can get items and food delivered. And I will fill you in on celebrity drama. Like, I am an asset and Mm -hmm. I am more than happy to be the token millennial that people ask questions (laughs) to at work. That's great. So I don't know that I feel pressure to challenge it because I don't know that I meet the stereotypical requirements. (laughs) So just by being me... (laughs) I inadvertently challenge it. Uh-huh. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> That's fair. So, uh, I guess on the topic of entitlement, do you ever ask yourself, and this might, this is, I mean, this is kind of like a harsh question, but um, it's from a listener. So. Sure. <laughs> so, how, so, do you ever ask yourself, how replaceable am I in my job? And... Do you think about how you could add value outside of just doing what's expected of you? It sounds like this um, this uh, listener, you know, thinks that maybe the millennials that they've worked with don't ask themselves this question. So, what do you think? I mean, personally, I think everyone is replaceable. Yeah. Uh, that's the hard truth of working. You like to think that you're unique in your contributions, but anyone can be replaced, even at very high levels. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all at-will employees, mostly. I think that people add value in their personalities. Like, if you're really pleasant to work with, you're that's an asset. And if you are someone that people avoid in the hallways, that's definitely going to be a detractor, even if you're both doing the same amount of work. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to... I mean, yeah, everyone wants to go above and beyond, but you can make a difference in doing your job description to a T, just in the way that you act. Caitlin's nodding. (laughs) I'm agreeing. Um, I don't think about how replaceable I am in my job. Not to say that I'm not. I just don't think about it because 
feel like if you thought about that every day, you'd have a hard time doing yeah. your job. I, I mean, I don't think anyone should be thinking about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's paranoid. But I think it is good to know, like, on the on the topic of entitlement, to know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course you can be replaced. <laughs> right. But it's not something that I'm dwelling on. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the last question um, from a listener is: uh, It's often said that millennials have high self-esteem or like high self-confidence and a low tolerance for constructive feedback. Would you agree? Um, I can speak for Madison and I that we would like to know who often says that, but... Um, that's, that's <laughs> no, it's, just, it's often said. That's the way the listener posed the question. So. <laughs> um, I have no problem getting feedback, so yeah. I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually am always asking questions all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, so I prefer it. Yeah. I love feedback too. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way to know how can I improve? How can I be better at my job? Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm asking for feedback all the time. Yeah. I'm really bad at getting feedback. (laughs) Um, but I don't think it has anything to do with, uh, how old I am. I, I just feel like it's a really generalized statement that, you know, to say millennials have high self-esteem um, and low tolerance for f- constructive feedback because personalities are really different. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who just, I mean, I just end up getting really emotional when someone criticizes mm-hmm. me. I, I mean, I take the feedback. I'm certainly happy to deal with it. It's just my eyes start leaking and I can't handle <laughs> <laughs> when people okay. say things like that. Um <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, some people are open to feedback, some people aren't, but mm-hmm. I don't think it matters what generation you come from. I mean, everybody cries. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Madison and I were talking about this, too, that a lot of these questions we feel like aren't necessarily a generation thing, that we could mm-hmm. both think of examples of people that we know or work with yeah. um, or family members that would fit these descriptions. Mm-hmm. So we think that sometimes, it, yeah, it's, it's a personality thing (laughs) yeah and I absolutely agree and I think just like right now we're in the last like I don't know five ten years it's just been like the trendy thing to write think pieces on how millennials are messing things up Mm -hmm. for everybody so like it's ridiculous. My homies BuzzFeed have a, <laughs> a real good list where they talk about all the articles. They compile them, and it's like things millennials are ruining, and it's like the housing market and like oh, yeah. dogs and you know just like everything that yeah. we're that's apparently just destroying society. We're just millennials are the scapegoat of this generation, I guess. Um, but I really liked your argument about um, boomers. I appreciate that. So I guess we'll close on a question I like to ask everybody at the end of our our episodes. Uh, What are we, what are you guys looking forward to this week? And it could be work-related or not work-related. Usually it's not (laughs) work-related. Mine's not that exciting. (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a friend for her birthday and going for a long jog. And Madison? So this weekend, um, my husband, Nick, and I are driving down to... Well, he's driving. I'm not driving, obviously. I don't drive. He's. Uh, <laughs> we're going down to L.A. because my brother is flying out from Philly. And cool. um, 
we're all going to be together as a family. That's where my mom lives, I mm -hmm. should say. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that's our show, ladies. <laughs> um, thank you, Caitlin and Madison, for joining me today. Thank you um, for having us. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed the semi-homemade Southwest chicken salad. <laughs> It was delicious. Delicious. Chicken by Chipotle, guys. <laughs> um, hence the semi-homemade uh, recipe will be on the website. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next time. To learn more about the topics we covered on this episode, head over to our website, brilliantbabespodcast.com, where you can also listen to previous episodes, check out our event calendar, and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stay tuned for new episodes every other Tuesday. Take care, everyone.